Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord, we just so, so thankful. Father, I just pray that as I just share this word today, that uh, Holy Spirit, that you're just anointed. Father, we just want to be a, a kingdom people, a people that just bring you glory. And I just pray that as I bring this word, that it will be a, a word of encouragement and edification and empowerment, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about the gift of words. This is a second, the second in a series I've been doing, a small series I've been doing called Say What? Say What? Which has been looking at the power of our words. And just a quick recap, if you weren't here last week, I spoke about speaking his word. And we looked at Zacharias who was the father of John the Baptist, and an angel came to him and said, you're, about to, you're going to have a child. And, uh, of course, John the Baptist and his wife were both very, very old, and uh, their response was, was one of unbelief. But as the angel spoke, he laid out all that this child was going to do, that he was going to prepare the way for Jesus. He was going to turn the hearts of the people of Israel, of Israel back to God. But because there was unbelief in the heart of Zacharias, the angel told him he was going to be made mute. You know, one of the interesting things, I don't know about you, but I'd always thought that that was actually the angel punishing Zacharias for his unbelief. But I really realized that what it was, it was the angel helping Zacharias. Because our words matter. You see, God has plans and purposes for our lives. Plans and purposes for your family, for your, wherever you're involved, for this church. And he calls us to partner with him in those plans and purposes being fulfilled. And one of the ways that he wants us to partner with him is by what we say, by our words. And therefore, if there is unbelief in my heart, it comes out of my mouth. And Zacharias had unbelief in his heart, which was going to come out of his mouth. And so the angel said, hey, I'm going to help you out. And so he hit the mute button and gave Zacharias nine months to kind of get with the program. And so, you know, we talk about getting belief in our heart, so belief comes out of our mouth because our words really do matter. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to jump into part two of this conversation. Where, you know, because we need to realize that whenever we talk about our words, there's a real responsibility as sons and daughters of God that we carry. You see, when you got saved... The Bible actually talks about us stepping into a priesthood. The Bible actually says that you as a believer are a part of a royal priesthood. And of course, the concept of a priest, the role of a priest in the Old Testament was to be a voice for the people to God. But then he would also be a voice of God to the people. That was his role. He would have access to God for the people and then he would speak to the people about the message that God had given them. And the other thing about both the Old Testament and the New Testament, they speak about a prophetic people, the gift of prophecy, that, that all would prophesy. That it wouldn't just be about a single individual who was adept, but that, that it, the Bible says that we could all would prophesy. You see, the prophetic thing would be on all people. God wants to speak through your life. God wants to speak through my life. And, and prophetic is really God's word coming through me to someone. <coughs> Excuse me. 
So that concept that when we, became, when we got saved, we became prophets and priests. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, we don't think about it, but that's really a very sober responsibility that we get to walk in. Because, you see, both, in both those situations, what we say really matters. You see, if I'm going to partner with God in his plans and his purposes, if he wants to speak through me, then I have to be very intentional with the words that are coming out of my mouth. Because, you know, talked about it last week, words create. When God created the earth in Genesis 1, we read it. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And as you go throughout Genesis 1, it says again and again he spoke. And when he spoke, it was created. Words actually have creative power. And so we as sons and daughters need to be very, very sober to understand that concept, that I am a priest, that I am a prophet. And the words we speak, the words create. So if I am to partner with him, if I'm to partner with God to establish his purposes, I need to be circumspect. I need to be intentional with what I say. Listen to Psalm 33. Here's the same thing that was coming out of Genesis 1. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. Your words matter. My words matter. And, and quite frankly, if I can't speak his words, then maybe I, te- I need not speak because of the power of my words. Now, last week we talked about Zacharias and that he, w- that he was more connected to his circumstances than he was connected to the actual word of God. The word wasn't in his heart. And therefore, he was, he was speaking things that were undermining the purposes of God. They weren't fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. That's the power of our words to create. See, and, and, and we need to realize that even if I don't see the things, I still need to speak them because of the power that those words of what they can create. God wants us to partner with him in his plans and purposes, and we have a responsibility that to make sure that the words that we speak, the words that are coming out of our mouths are lining up with what God wants to do. Even if I don't see it. Even if I don't see it. And listen, this is not a name it and claim it thing. This is just flat out the word of God. It's a reality. You know, when we first started here, and the church was probably a quarter of what it is now, maybe, I don't know. You know, we would, spe- uh, and I know there were times when I w- I'd go to do things, and I, to be honest, I would hold back. Because I thought, oh, it's hard. you know, we'd have a leaders meeting, and, you know, me, Sue, and the cat would turn up, and the cat would only come if it was a nice night. You know, it was that kind of thing. <laughs> it, was, it was that hot. And, and I would stop, and I would, oh, well, we'll cancel the meeting. And then actually Jen, Jen said to me, you know, you need to start speaking as if you're speaking to a full leadership. She challenged me on it. And I saw it, I thought, yeah, my words are powerful, I need to do that. And that's what I started doing. I started speaking as if I was speaking to a, a, to a full leadership team. Our words create, they have power. And so often we miss out on what God wants to do because we, we, we don't realise the power of what comes out of our own mouths. Yeah, see, for, for us as a church, 
Church is not just a crowd, right? Church is made up of culture and it's made up of community. And our goal is to create a culture and build a community. And in both culture and community, we want to be healthy, we want to be thriving and full of life. We want to be a community that is healthy and thriving and full of life. And we want the culture that we establish to be that. But the reality is, in order for us to create that kind of community and culture that is healthy and thriving, words matter in what we create. And part of it is because we want to be a prophetic people. You know, being a prophetic people is not just standing up and saying, thus saith the Lord. But it's being intentional with the words that come out of our mouths. Those who are intentional with what they say and how they speak. I want to show you a little bit of that. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, To the one who prophesies, he speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The New King James says for their edification. So a prophetic community, if you like, when you read those words, creates health, life, and and a thriving community. You see, that's actually a prophetic community. It's one where people speak strengthening, encouraging, and edification into everybody around. Why does that matter? Proverbs 18.21, which I spoke last week, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Message Bible puts it this way. Words kill, words give life. Remember, this is the word of God. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. And then this last little bit that just gets me. You choose. You choose. Ephesians 4.29, which actually uses similar language. Prophetic language is, is to, to remember is to, to strengthen, comfort, and edify. This is what Ephesians 4.29 says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for and for necessary edification? See, it's so closely tied into what the prophetic is, which is what God is speaking to his people. Our words, our words as, as believers are meant to be the same thing. Let no word, in other words, come out of your mouth that is not edifying. It's speaking that thing. And he goes on, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's our goal to impart grace to the hearers. That whenever we speak, what comes out of our mouth, when it touches someone, it imparts grace. It releases something in their lives. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Listen to how the verse in verse 29 says from the Message Bible. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. Each word a gift. You see, when I speak, when you speak, we're actually giving people a gift. That's what the Bible says. When I speak, I give you a gift. The question is this, what is my gift? Is it the fruit of life or is it poison? Because you see, it's either going to be giving life or it's going to be giving death. 
And the thing is, the choice is mine to make what I give. When I speak, it's either life or death. It's a choice that I get to make of what the gift is that I'm going to give you. Powerful, eh? And listen, hear hear me out. None of this is a rebuke for this community, please. This is one of the kindest groups of people that I've ever been with. And I don't just say that from my perspective. People who come in and say that to me. It's the feedback I get. See that, you know, that you guys are so caring and, and kind. People who I run into who've been at our church, who've been in our conferences. I actually had someone one time say to me, is it actually possible for people to be that kind? Which I think is a bit of a bad, sad statement for a church. Are people really this kind? Yes, they are. So I think we've done a good job with this. But I think there's another level of intentionality with this. Because as we want to create a healthy environment, we, we want to create a, a life-giving environment and a culture and a community, then our words matter. What I'm giving to people as a gift matters. Every time I encounter someone, it's, hey, I've got a gift for you. And that gift is going to give life or it's going to give death. We have to be intentional with this. The reality is for our own lives and for the community. Because you see, even for us, because if you're giving poison, guess what? People are going to avoid you. How do we build a community? Let's be kind. (laughs) How do we build a community? Be life-giving in our words. Yeah, it's one of the most attractive things, isn't it, when someone speaks encouragement? And one of the most repellent things is when people do not speak life-giving words. You know, you know that as individuals and, and as a community, people avoid it when, 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 when toxic things are going on, when words are being spoken, when poison's being spread around. You know the effect that that po- I mean, have you ever had food poisoning? <laughs> you know, you, you eat something and you get food poisoning. And you do not want to go back, especially if you got it at a restaurant. <laughs> God bless that restaurant, but boy, you do not want to go back there. Even if everybody else was fine and it was a great restaurant, every time someone talks to you, something goes through your body, doesn't it? Kind of a shiver. I mean, our oldest daughter, just I think when she was finishing high school, probably she got um, some bad infection from chicken. And, uh, you know, it's now. 12, 13 years later, and last time we were up in, in America talk, talking, she just brought it up. And she said, there are still times when I go through it. Well, no, she didn't bring it up. <laughs> Wrong use of words. <laughs> Wrong use of words. No, she didn't bring it up. She mentioned. <laughs> she mentioned just that event, you know, because it has such an impact on you. Poison has an impact on us, doesn't it? You know, and, and it's so important that we get this right. Now, I, I hate blank, blanket statements and generalities, but the truth is the church has not always been the kindest place with its words. And, and again, I don't want to paint this over everybody. You know, I know that's not everybody's experience, that, that some people have come in and they've had great experiences. But there are some who get bad experiences from churches. And as a result, they avoid us. They avoid the community because they don't want to have anything to do with it. But you know, when the opposite is true, 
when, when there's life-giving uh, expression of words and fruit is being handed out and life is flowing and there's encouragement presence. It's one of the things that draws us in, doesn't it? We just want to be around those kind of people. We want to be around them. And, and that's one of the reasons why I want to be encouraging. I want to get around other encouraging people. I want to be around people that speak life into me. It's one of those things. I mean, we have life, hope, peace, truth, freedom, security, identity. All those things we have. Guess how we release them? Through our words. I'm able to speak hope into people. I'm able to speak life into people. I'm able to speak truth into people. I'm able to speak identity into people. The th- all these things that God has given us, they are established culturally, and then we begin to speak them out, to declare them, and, our wor- and we create through our words. You know, one of the things that I've found on this journey is that I need to take responsibility for the words that I'm going to say. I have to take responsibility because there's power in what I say and it matters. It's my choice what I give on this journey. And you know, one of the things on this journey of life that I've begun to realize is how rare, how rare words of life, of encouragement being spoken out are in today's world. I mean, life-giving words are just so countercultural, aren't they? It's crazy, but just how, how amazing, how much a kind word, a, a, a word of the Lord, encouragement, small though it may be, can have a massive impact. Because people are in a famine. People are not only in a famine, but they're malnutri- malnourished, malnourished from, from the f- so rarely getting words of encouragement because there's been so much poison, so much poison. You know, and sometimes someone comes and just speaks a word of life to them. And, it, and it's like, um, it makes such massive impact because it's like water in a desert. You know, and it's one of the things that I've been trying to do is encourage people in their jobs and what they do. You know, thanking waiters and waitresses and people just do just little things like that. That actually has a power. Do you know that? I mean, you know, if you're in customer service, God bless you. <laughs> because everything that goes wrong, it's your fault personally. You built it, you made it, and now you should be fixing it. You know what I'm saying? So God bless you. It can be such a thankless and a difficult task. And to be able to say to someone, fantastic, that's great. You know, I, there was a, I was trying to think of a circumstance I can't even remember, but I remember being on the phone to a, a customer service person one day, and they were so incredibly helpful. They were amazing. So I actually rang back afterwards and asked to speak to the supervisor. And I said, hey, listen, I just want to say I had, as I said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't remember the person's name. I had this person, and I just want to say what a great job they did. And, and he started, oh, it was nothing. It was, yeah, and he was actually speaking, basically pushing away. I said, no, no, she was incredible. She was concerned. She added to my experience. She wanted to know more about it. And it was just an incredible thing. And, and then it finally it kind of, I think, sunk in that someone was actually complimenting one of his staff because there was a pause. And he said, oh, 
oh, oh, thank you so much. We don't get to hear that so very often. You know, just writing a card or just thanking someone takes five minutes, but it's amazing the effect it can have. And as I said, it's, it amazes me how surprised people are when you do that. Tell you, there's a famine in the world when it comes to life-giving words. And it's not just a famine life-giving words, but people are overwhelmed with death-giving words. You know, so many environments where, where words are not spoken, words of life are not spoken over them in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. You know, for, for some of us, we might have even been raised in situations where words were spoken over us as kids and they land and they stick and they become our internal voices. They become our, our own words that speak to us. And so we need to learn. You know, this is part of the king, learning to bring life-giving words, life-giving words. Because you know who speaks life-giving words all the time? Words of peace and hope and love? God. God. So when we're able to come and speak that, we are actually being prophetic people. We're being priests representing God, bringing something positive into people's lives. We're speaking, because see, God created every person. And years ago, there was a little cartoon going around which said, you know, and, God make, and God didn't make no junk. People may not be living to their destiny, but God created every single person. And every single person has value. And most of them don't have that experience because it's such a famine. People are in a famine for this thing. That just amazes me. You know, I talked a little bit about it last, kids, that, you know, when we were kids, the things that we would say over each other's lives and they stick. They stick, they become rooted in our hearts. And they begin to take over our lives and define how we live. The effect words have on us are incredible. And this environment, the, the world is in a famine. And this environment here in this house has to be a place where people come and feast on words of encouragement. An environment where they can be feasting on the word of God. And then every time we leave this place, we're walking around with a big old feast in our hands, giving it to other, pe- giving it to other people so they can receive life from it. You know, research has shown that for every one negative comment, it takes 10 positive comments to counteract it. That's the power of it. We have our work cut out for us, people. We really do. People at your workplace, at your school, people that we encounter every single day. We have the fruit that can bring life to their spirits and souls. We've got to be able to say, hey, can I give you some fruit? It's good fruit. It's good fruit. Because here's the choice. Am I going to be part of what God's voice is coming into those lives around me? That's the choice I have. Because remember, it matters what comes out of our life. When I remember in my early teens, one of my, one of my teachers saying to me, you're a leader, Trent. You're a leader. That was the first time I ever heard that. It's the first time I ever heard that. First time someone declared that over me. You're a leader. And because that person said it over me, I have lived my life exactly like that. 
I've, I've got to live my life like a leader. I've got to act like a leader. I've got to push in like a leader because someone said something over me. It defined my life because it created something. You see, this is one of the reasons why, why when people are in sin, we don't tell them they're sinners. We tell them who God sees they are because we're going to create something inside them that's going to begin to bring life. It's so important that we understand that. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, just as a, as a sidebar, if I can just pastoral note, you know, one way I think we're, we're careless with our words and, you know, we, we need to be sober about them the choices we get. And I think there are two areas that we really need to be careful with. One is sarcasm. Now, I know that probably doesn't apply to any of you because you're not sarcastic. But for people like me who think sarcasm is a sixth love language, it, it's, it can be a problem. You know. When we want to have, we, 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 we want to love and have fun. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously, Flip. But I, I want to go after God hard, but I don't want to take myself seriously with, with all that. But part of the problem with sarcasm is that many times people begin to become passive-aggressive in their words through it. I mean, I, I, as I say, I love joking and goofing around and all that, but don't let any half-truths in a joke begin to be fired at people because it's a loaded gun. Yeah, we, we need to be really hardcore with this. If I'm joking around about something with you, then it's a joke. I will, I will not be passive-aggressive in my language. If I have a problem with you, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Don't worry. But I'm not going to hide it in the middle of something else. You see, and sometimes we are careless and we allow the stuff to come in. And it's one of the things that can, can destroy our community. The passive-aggressive stuff is so dangerous. And we have to lock that stuff down. You know, we need to be able to learn to come beside someone and just say, hey, listen, I need to talk to you about something. And it's not going to come out of my mouth as a sargasm or passive-aggressive or, or a joke with an edge to it. And the second thing is this. If my words really matter, sometimes we give permission to say things that we shouldn't be saying because we're not talking to Fred, but we may be talking about Fred. We're not, we're, we're not saying things to Fred face to face, but we're talking to someone else about Fred. In other words, we're talking behind people's backs. Now, please hear me. None of this is a rebuke. Please. I'm just really trying to give you some pastoral thoughts. But if I'm speaking about Fred, then I might as well be speaking to Fred because my words matter and they create and they carry weight. And just because he doesn't hear me saying something doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. And again, I'm going to make another blanket statement. As I said, I don't like making them. But I don't think as Christians we're great at either this one either. Now, I'm sure we've all had moments like that. You know, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Family going, you know, something's going on over here and yet we're talking about it over here. And we shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes we couch it in religious stuff and, and concern or whatever else. 
But we need to learn to moderate and be intentional in our language so that we're always bringing life. You know, if you're not part of the problem nor part of the solution, then don't talk about it. Simple as that. See, my goal is that our culture and environment would be healthy, encouraging, edifying, and life-giving. In fact, if you notice something going on, then, then step back, go to them. Say, what's happening? In fact, ask yourself a question first off. Can I add my strength into this situation? Or how can I add? Because if you see something, maybe God's shown it to you so you can add your strength and be a solution. You might, God might be giving it to you so you can add your strength to that person and become a solution. So it becomes a place of victory and life. God may be giving you an opportunity to be a prophetic person and speak into that person's life. Always look for a solution. So words speak life. And if I'm not going to say it to Fred, then don't say it about Fred. Poor old Fred. <laughs> hope there's no one here called Fred at all. <laughs> I'll definitely be getting an email this week. You know, a little while ago we had a, a man and part of his community has gone to be with the Lord now and, and I was talking to him one day and I was just saying how much I appreciated him and how much I loved him and we were just talking and everything like that and he reached out and he grabbed my arm and he said, you know, Trent, my dad never once said I love you or you've done well. When he said that he was in his late 70s. We live in a famine. People live in a famine. You know what I want to do? I want to overwhelm people with this stuff. I want to overwhelm people with words that come out of my mouth that are encouraging, edifying, comforting, strengthening, because they are the words of the Lord. Because we are a prophetic people, and I want to speak into people's life situations and give them the word of the Lord. Because I have a choice with every word that comes out of my mouth. I want every word that comes out of my mouth to be a gift. A gift that gives life. That when you unpack it, you see there's fruit added to your life because of what I've spoken. You know what? Because when that happens, people are attracted to that. They're attracted to you. Honestly, you want to make friends? Then you be the encouraging person. (laughs) Because it attracts people. That's my goal, to be the most encouraging person I know and that this would be the most encouraging church that I know. I want to come here because I like it, and I do, by the way, so it's okay, (laughs) which is really good. You know, a few years ago at our Easter camp, and I've told you this story before, at our our youth um, Easter camp, there was a young girl from another youth group and she was manifesting demons, she was really... um, Lots of problems going on. The leaders had tried to work with her, the, the team, and they just couldn't get any breakthrough. And then through circumstances, they asked if our leadership could be, pray with her. And one of our young leaders, she just, she just went there. She just put her arms around her. She was on the ground, she put her arms around her and held her and spoke words of encouragement and love and life over her. She quieted right down and then the demon just left it like that. 
You see, when we engage with people, it's, it, it, it is the ability to speak life over them. And you know what? It's so easy to do that. That's how the kingdom on the streets guys work. They go out and they speak life over people. See, lots of people are close to the gospel. And we're scared often to share the gospel. But everybody wants an encouraging word. And that can open the door. As we speak encouragement over people, acknowledging people, thanking people, encouraging people, it brings life. See, understand, our words matter. My words create. And every time I'm around you, I'm going to speak life. And I'm going to bring peace and life and hope over you. And when you come into, when someone comes into this environment, that's what I want them to receive. I want them to get to be exhausted by the time they get to the auditorium door because they're so blessed by all the words that have been spoken over them. You know, we're in a feast on life-giving words, and then when we step out of this building, we take a feast wherever we go. You see, I really believe that's one of the things to see the things to break open. Because the world is in such a famine. All the people around us, they're desperate for this kind of stuff. So what do you reckon? You want to join me? Let's be the most encouraging people. Let's be the most life-giving people on the planet. I I, I want to shut down everything that's not life-giving in my life. And from now on, I'm going to determine that every word that comes out of my mouth is going to be full of life and hope and joy. So people around me want to get another gift from me. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Can I have the worship team?